Ariana Grande is one of the most prolific pop stars of our time, seen as a streaming sales and billboard chart giant. In her one decade long career, she's sold over 100 million units, won multiple Grammys, has eight number one hits, 21 top 10 entries, and was the youngest artist to ever headline every major festival. Billboard has called her one of the best vocalists of this or any generation. It must feel so good to be so young, have this fun, and be successful. But like many great divas before her, fame has made her the subject of malignment and filled her life with criticism, shaming, and unmatched vitriol. With every success came a new reason for someone to hate her. She's never had one less problem. In fact, she's only had more and more. On top of public discourse, she's been the victim of devastating loss and unthinkable horror. Every year, people got more and more creative with how to tear her down. However, like the Pacer test, her ridicule gets progressively more harsh as time goes by. In this episode, we're going to look at the biggest pylon of hate she received each year of her career and specifically how she faced it. The point of this video, the point of this video isn't to say she's perfect or infallible. Some of her criticism definitely has merit. And even as one of her biggest stands, I can address that she is not perfect. This episode is more about how an imperfect human counteracts darkness and gloom, how she persists and keeps her light shining. So here's what we can learn from the tenacity of Ariana Grande students, and what I think is the thesis statement of her career, how she keeps loving, living, and picking it up, because the light is coming. Will you be ready? Also, I would like to give a huge shout out for today's sponsor, Hulu. This episode is brought to you guys by Hulu, so love them. Thank you. All right, so do you guys know what show I'm watching right now? It just came out today. It's called Death and Other Details on Hulu, and I am obsessed with it. It is the perfect murder mystery right now, but wrapped in the most gorgeous, opulent setting of a billion dollar yacht. And while all of these literal millionaire, billionaire, trillionaires are trapped on this boat, someone who's a very big investor gets murdered and it turns into the most glorious whodunit. So the fact that it's called Death and Other Details because it's so focused on the unraveling of the layers of the mystery and you get to like look in the background for details, it's it's so much fun. There's glorious actors in there like Mandy Patinkin and Violet Bean. The cliffhanger at episode one had me by the throat. So thank God episode two was all ready available. Go to Hulu, check out Death and Other Details now with new episodes every single Tuesday. So let's begin in 2013 when the career was really picking it up, picking it up, but the hate was just getting started. In 2013, she was this young ingenue, very reminiscent of a young Mariah Carey, someone beautiful, gorgeous, otherworldly talent, a five octave vocal range and seemingly no problems. But boy, were those problems about to stack up. And was Ariana ready for them? I'm not sure. She seemed to always have a tenacious spirit, but even someone with the most light in their hearts and the most empathy and kindness for everyone around her could not handle what was about to get thrown her way. In 2013, her first boyfriend, I guess an influencer, Jay Brooks, I'm not too familiar um, with this man, but Jay Brooks said that Ariana Grande was a what? Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. And those are the rumors that have haunted her the rest of her career. He posted on Tumblr or AIM or something that was 
relevant in 2013 and said, yes, I was cheated on. Yes, it sucks. I was left for another man. Now, he was trying to basically tear down her career just as it started. And as we know, these influencers who are dating these celebrities, once they break up with them, they don't just let them go. They don't let them get away. They use them as a cash cow and a clout banking for the rest of their life. So Ariana Grande's response to his 7,000 word essay about how he uh, she cheated on him with Nathan Sykes, who was a singer that she did Almost Is Never Enough with on her debut album. He said he was devastated and he is this innocent man, this promising young man who was broken by this shameful, promiscuous young singer. But her response was, I'm finally happy and your words can't hurt me anymore, directed at Jay on Twitter. It's always okay to defend yourself. My fans know what kind of person I am. Never let any man discredit you or the values you were raised with. Girls, respect yourselves. Keep your head held high and speak only kind words. Know your truth. No one can ever take that away from you. Now, this is what I want to emphasize here, this next line. I'm going to be the lady my mother raised me to be and carry myself with class and dignity. But I will never be any man's press opportunity. You said to me, if I didn't come back to you, you'd make me look bad to the entire world. I'm no longer afraid of you or your lies anymore. I woke up to this I woke up to this this morning in complete and utter shock, but I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. I love how she could have came forward with receipts and vitriol right back at him, posted her James Charles No More Lies video, breaking it all down in a 50-minute format and clocked the tea, honey, and dragged him uh, through the mud for all of us to dog pile on but she was just like you know what let's not make this about me let's make this about young women who are always getting disrespected at the hands of a young man but for the young men it's fine she's more focused on letting this be a teaching lesson for all of her fans around her and she was only 19 years old at this time she really did not let this get to her even though in the whole public eye as she was trying to launch a debut album which is not an easy thing to do she was being called a cheater already now in 2013 that's not where the feuds ended with her young contemporaries and yes i'm unfortunately going to bring up victoria justice now i was a big victoria's fan i love them both i met victoria justice at a party not long ago and she was very very sweet and we got to chat she gave me the time of day and i am genuinely a fan of her and i love her so this isn't one of those videos where i'm pitting them against each other but it was rumored that ariana grande was the reason that victorious ended and that was because there was these viral posts that was, um, um, no, Ariana did an interview with Seventeen Magazine saying she was bullied on the set of Victorious and it alluded that it was Victoria Justice. That's why the whole bandwagon of hate kind of started against Victoria Justice. You know, the viral memes, I think we all sing, she's jealous of her, blah, blah, blah. The media really wanted to pit these women against each other. But even though Victoria Justice admitted her and Ariana Grande definitely had their differences. The way Ariana responded was always being on Victoria's side and still to this day shouting out Victoria's solo music when she puts it out, which I love. I'm genuinely a fan of her songs, Only a Stranger and Treat Myself. I think they're both fierce and amazing. And I don't think Ariana's um, um, hard to work with diva behavior started on Victoria's at all. I don't think that was a symptom of her being a spoiled young child star. And not to point any fingers, but Ariana Grande is still 
very, 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 very close friends with the whole Victorious cast. So clearly there's something genuine, longstanding, and loyal about her friendship. And she's even extended that to Victoria Justice, who, you know, has definitely given her the one-two on Twitter and got her lick in before. The cast definitely hangs out with Ariana a lot, though. For example, Leon Thomas III, who played Andre, helped her produce Yours Truly and some songs on Positions. Robbie, who was played by Matt Benson, is that? No, Matt Bennett. <laughs> he was in the One Last Time music video. And in the Thank You Next video, we had Trina, Jade, and Robbie. So she's definitely been a um, fan and friends of her victorious cast members. She even married Rex. So <laughs> good for her. The last scandal I want to talk about in 2013, the debut year for our hero, I'll call her, <laughs> our hero who's constantly going through these struggles, but rising on top. She got in these, this was kind of like the start of the snowball effect of her diva rumors where she would only do an interview from one side of her face. And there's those hilarious clips of her online where she's performing on the Today Show and other fun press platforms where they zoom in the camera on her left side and she will go to the most ridiculous of lengths to make sure the camera is only getting her right side, even if it means completely disjointing her head and pulling an exorcism and turning her head in a complete circle so you only see her right side. But this came to a head when one of the most veteran E! News host, Juliana Rancic, said Ariana Grande is definitely a diva because she kicked Juliana off of the right side of the interview setup, a right side that Juliana Rancic had worked for her whole life because that is also her good side. And this young new star, Ariana Grande, said, bitch, get to your right or get to your left or you're not getting an interview. Juliana said this of the then 19-year-old Ariana Grande. I remember, I think it was at the AMAs, she came up on the platform and I normally stand on this side, her right side, to the camera. I had to fight 13 years to get this side of the camera. It's my good side, but I fought 13 years for this, okay? Here comes little Ariana, and I feel a bing on my elbow from her team, pushing me to the other side. I thought, what's going on? They want to push me to the other side? So I had to be on my ugly side, but I felt a little bit of, you know, either you get on that side or you don't do an interview. I definitely think she does have a little bit of a diva thing going on. Now, a woman singer who is bossy, gets in catfights with her co-stars, and is socially climbing with her boyfriends is definitely who she was cast as in 2013. But in 2023, would all of those things have slid? No. We've heard all of these things before. Was she those, or was she really just a 20-year-old woman being bestowed the misogynistic stereotypes that is now her torch to carry that she was learning would be a heavy torch to carry for the rest of her career. Let's move on to 2014. This was my favorite area of era of Ariana Grande. She really should be doing an era's tour. Students, let me know if you agree. Um, I just loved the, I loved her like chic, sexy baby image at this time. Her ombre, her half up, half down. She was so sassy, but sweet. And I loved the commitment to the pop bit at the time. I just think 2014 was so fierce and I was so obsessed with everything she was doing that year. But 2014, as she was being this 
diva dominating the charts. She had four top 10 hits as the lead credit. That's extremely hard to do for only your second year out there. She was taking over the whole world. She was a diva, but everyone wanted her to be a diva who was down. So in 2014, the first scandal that was thrown her way was the diva rumors. The first rumor was that she demanded to be carried everywhere. Now, I don't know if you've seen the Wendy show, but Wendy perpetuated this almost cartoony rumor about Ariana Grande that she demanded to be carried by her team everywhere. Apparently, she is such a cartoonish caricature of a diva that she doesn't even want to walk on her own feet to get to where she needs to go. She's that much of a brat. She's that spoiled. She has so much talent that she shouldn't even have to touch the earth of the 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 ground of the earth with the rest of us peasants because she's that much above us. That's what Wendy was really trying to push. And she showed photos of her being carried by her team in admittedly many different occasions on her show to laugh at her. Ariana debunked this on the James Corden carpool karaoke show. And James said, what's the strangest thing you've ever heard about yourself? And she goes on to say, there was this picture of me being carried by my tour manager because I just shot a video in point shoes and my toes were bleeding and I posted it because I thought it was cute. And then everyone in the world thought I demanded to be carried everywhere. James just confirmed, so you don't demand to be carried everywhere. And she said, no, that is so stupid. And to this day, I can't believe anyone would believe that rumor at all. And if she did demand to be carried anywhere, everywhere, that is so high camp and iconic. Why would anyone even care? If she wants to get that good foot content in her music video when she's laying on those platforms, her feet can't be on the ground. You know what I'm saying? But I like how she just debunked that in a funny, cute way. She didn't feel the need to give hate back to Wendy or get genuinely mad about it. She just laughed off and said this was so stupid. Wendy Williams, by the way, is actually really demonic. Like, I look back at her and I'm like, wow, of course I'm sad that she's gone. Of course I'm sad for the current state that she's in and she's kind of out of commission right now. Gone but not forgotten. Hopefully she can redeem herself at some point. But I'm like, damn, she was kind of an awful person at the time because she would just say these things that would get me to not watch her for months on end. And then I'd eventually come back. But one of these things that she said back in the day was that basically she thinks Ariana Grande is hideous and not a woman because she has the build of, I think she said, a 12-year-old Victorian boy, not a woman. Wendy said her body type was more woman. Ariana Grande was more young girl and she will forever look 12. Now, Ariana Grande was getting a lot of these petite shaming comments when she was very, very young, she definitely had an extremely small frame, but that was her thing. She was a petite girl, and she definitely liked to show it off at the same time. She liked to wear the very body contouring outfits, the high heels, high pony. She liked to look like this tiny, femme fatale, sexy baby look. But once the almost overwhelming comments by other women shaming her body, she got a little bit confused and just wanted to remind everyone that we shouldn't body shame skinny people as much as we body shame plus size people. Ariana Grande said, sigh, tweets, comments, and statements like this are not okay about anyone. We live in a day and age where people make it impossible for women, men, anyone to embrace themselves exactly how they are. 
Diversity is sexy. Loving yourself is sexy. You know what is not sexy? Misogyny, objectifying, labeling, comparing, and body shaming. Talking about people's bodies as if they're on display asking for your approval. They are not. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate others. The things that make us different from one another make us beautiful. Body boundaries. Love, love, love only. That's definitely her signature there at the end. Love, love, love only. And I love the message of that. She isn't responding with body shaming back to Wendy or a jab back to the really relentless bullying she was getting online. She was actually just celebrating her own body and being a champion for everyone's bodies. Again, spreading the love and the light. I think in 2014, everyone wanting her to be some sort of bad guys, people are just making her out always to be some sort of evil girl. That just shows how rapidly people wanted her to be a diva. The Mariah Carey comparisons as well. If someone has everything, people think they must be lacking in personality or must have been a bad person to achieve it. And their confirmation bias will confirm that. Wendy, in my opinion, was projecting. She hated her for being too skinny, of course. So she's going to make up the rumor that she's carried everywhere and make these comments that she has the frame of a baby. You can be a great person, but if people don't have something to gossip about you that's true, they're going to make something up about you that isn't true to try to bring you down. And that's what Wendy was definitely doing in 2014. There was also crazy rumors in 2014 that she would wish death upon her fans. I remember hearing this back then that one time someone overheard Ariana Grande in an elevator and overheard her say she wishes death upon her fans. She's not Doja Cat, but maybe that's why they get along so well and are always on songs together because they bond over the hope of the impending doom of their fans and the death for them. But I, uh, again, unless she's a campy super villain who demands to be carried everywhere, wants her fans to die and cheats on everyone, I, I don't think that was her MO. Then... There was the Marie Claire photo shoot in 2014. This was a big scandal because this was her first like face-to-face -face interaction where someone actually came out and said something negative about working with her once she's achieved this A-list level fame. So she did the Marie Claire cover shoot and the photographer said she was super late, disrespectful, and didn't like her clothes. So she stayed in the fitting room forever, refusing to come out. And then when she finally came out to take the photos, the photographer left. And that actually did happen. There was some sort of tea with the photographer where he left early because the shoot was taking too long. Ariana Grande, not being one to confront these rumors, went on an Australian radio show. I've watched this interview like a hundred times because Ariana Grande interviews from back in the day are my comfort videos on YouTube. But she goes on there and says, quote, it was just a photographer or something who got mad at me because I left to change my outfit and my photo shoot was taking so long and because I didn't like my top. And I was like, oh, I'll be right back. And when I came back, he left. Then something came out where he said all these ridiculous, untrue things about me. That's not real. That's nonsense. My fans know who I am. My family knows who I am. And that's all that matters. Again, another way that she's responding to malicious rumors spread about her in a very objective, matter-of-fact, and just defending her character type of way. She doesn't feel the need to take a jab back or fight fire with fire. 
And I love how she repeatedly says the phrase, and this is something we can learn. My friends know how my friends know who I am. My family knows who I am. The people who love me know who I am, and that's all that matters. And I totally agree. It later came out that Perez Hilton was the one who was spreading that rumor on his website that the photographer said all of those crazy things about her. And the Marie Claire team um, came to Ariana's defense and said she was great to work with. She was more than accommodating and took pictures with the photographer's children. So if he had to leave early or said something bad about her, she was great to everyone. Now, Perez Hilton wrote about Ariana Grande in his book. And this brings us to the part of the show where we're going to start doing something called a book count. We're going to count how many people mentioned Ariana Grande in their books. And it's actually fucking crazy. You would think she's Shakespeare up in here because of how many times her name is written in these damn books. So book count number one, Perez Hilton said, I was really hurt at the time in 2014 when he spread that rumor because Ariana Grande didn't want me to be her manager. Imagine a world where you would take the offer to let the most chaotic gay demon twink be your manager. I, I know Scooter Braun is not a good secondary option and should not have been her first choice either because he is the equivalent to a demonic scary twink in a straight man's body, which is even worse. But I would not let Perez Hilton be my manager either. So Perez Hilton said, I was really hurt for years. So for years afterwards, I was super petty towards Ariana Grande on my website. And I regret that. Wow. Someone who came out and defended her, just like the Marie Claire people did. People defending her, defending her, defending her all the time. A series on this episode I'm going to call the Ariana Apologizers. People who try to take her down only to backtrack once they've grown and reflected and realized that they were putting their own projections onto her. <laughs> to wrap up 2014, we need to talk about Sam and Kat. Of course, another feud with... Another young contemporary co-star, Jeanette McCurdy. We're not going to get into the whole thing here because we know almost a decade later, Jeanette was not over it and put up, out a book where she in excess mentioned Ariana Grande. But Jeanette McCurdy was very, very young and hostile and bitter towards Ariana Grande in 2014. She made a whole sketch comedy episode about Ariana Grande, which to, to me... The audacity to bully someone this hard in the public eye and try to get people on your side is crazy. But Jeanette made an episode of her YouTube series where she had a woman come in, play a character called Gloriana. This Gloriana was obviously Ariana because she was a vegan, high pony, floral dress wearing, winged eyeliner sporting girl. In the episode, Jeanette McCurdy made Gloriana out to be an egomaniac who was out of touch and a valley girl narcissist who would not stop talking about herself, her bougie lifestyle, and her amazing career that Jeanette did not have, basically foregoing all social cues, making Ariana out to be this wide-eyed, naive, entitled girl. I really hated watching this, and I get secondhand embarrassment for Jeanette every single time I watch because it wasn't comedy. It wasn't clever. It wasn't cute. It wasn't a justified backlash at Ariana. It was just pure, unadulterated bitterness. And it was very embarrassing to watch. Ariana, uh, Jeanette was clearly in tandem with Perez at this time because Jeanette was also tweeting things about how Gloriana's boyfriend gets cheated on every weekend and he doesn't know about it referring to Jay Brooks. Jeanette is a future apologizer to Ariana that we're going to talk about. 
But I want to mention how Ariana's message of only responding to darkness with love and light is reflected in all of her songs throughout the years. In 2014, she put out a song called You Don't Know Me. The first time she gave her musical response to the hate. The lyrics go, you want a per- you want a perfect picture to believe in, then you can't be looking for me then. This girl you see in photographs is only a part of the one I am. Don't judge me because that's not reality. And all I can be is in love with who I'm becoming. You think you know me, but you have no idea. I don't live by your rules until you've walked a mile in my shoes. Very straightforward, very theater kid. I just love how she claps back at the girls with music because these other people can't do it. They take it to the streets to fight her. She takes it to the booth. It's so classy. It's so above. And I just love how she reigns supreme in it all. Okay, let's move on to 2015. I th- this is her first like worldwide scandal. And looking back, it just gets funnier and funnier as time goes by. Donut Gate. The lick heard around the world when Ariana Grande walked into a donut shop in California with her boyfriend at the time, Ricky Alvarez. Wrote some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and laugh. She licked a donut and she giggled into his shoulder. And then she said out loud as the employee was bringing out some supreme donut. I'm sure there was bacon and glaze and frosting and sprinkles on it. A bunch of unhealthy heart attack inducing shit. And she said, and I quote, what the fuck is that? I hate Americans. I hate America. Iconic. I mean, iconic that that was her response. Now I know how this can come off very bad. This can come off terrible. And she did not know, being 22 at the time, that there was a camera in that donut shop recording her that one of the gay, sassy high school minimum wage workers was going to watch and post online. With a very incriminating video of her licking food she did not pay for, which is less than sanitary, but I tell you, I would pay 100 times the amount for that donut if Ariana Grande licked it. That's just me. It looked very, very bad. Now, this could have been catastrophic, but because of it was, but because it was the perfect time, she lucked out. People were extremely upset about more so the line of I hate Americans, I hate America. And I will say that sounds very in context, but it was taken out of context. But she lucked out because that was in 2015, more so at the tail end. And in 2016, as we know, people started to definitely, um, Let's just say uh, patriotism was at an all-time low in 2016. Things were not going good. So some would say she was ahead of her time and no one was really hating her for saying she hates America anymore just because of how bad things were going in that moment. And the body positivity movement was not where it was today. But if it was and she said, I hate Americans, I hate America, emphasizing how bad that food is and she she can't believe people actually eat that, that would have definitely not flown today. But gone are the days of being able to for, you know, freely condemn people for not treating their health with 
the utmost thoughts. And that's what Ariana was trying to convey. But this could have been as bad as uh, the artist formerly known as the, the Dixie Chicks, now known as the Chicks. That could have been that bad as their scandal of saying they're embarrassed to be from the same state as the president of the United States. Because people, I guess, back in those days were very, very, very patriotic, especially when it came to their their music stars. They wanted them to signal that they were super proud to be Americans. And if someone, if Ariana did this back in the day, it would not have went over well. Let's just say that. Ariana's response <laughs> which I fucking love. I love that Donut Gate was so bad she had to go on an apology tour. She went on Good Morning America. <laughs> Imagine being 22 and having to go on Good Morning America because you licked a donut and offended everyone and said, you hate America. And then you're on a show called Good Morning America. I hate you. Like, that's just hilarious. So she said, seeing a video of yourself behaving poorly that you had no idea was taken is such a rude awakening that you don't know what to do. I was just so disgusted with myself. And she said the feeling that she disappointed so many people that love her and believe in her was excruciating. I think that was a good response. There was a bunch of memes of her like smiling and laughing before she responded um, as, as if she did not mean it at all. And my favorite part about the apology tour of Donut Gay is that it was in tandem with Scream Queens airing. Scream Queens was a show that she was on in 2015, which I'm a huge fan of. I literally went to New Orleans and like walked past the Scream Queens house because I'm so obsessed. But on Scream Queens, Chanel Oberlin, the iconic main character, this was after Ariana Grande's character got stabbed in the head because she was being murdered and was too fucking stupid to just walk out of the door after she got stabbed the first time. She went to tweet about it on her computer and say, help me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting murdered and I'm going to live tweet about it um, and text the killer to stop. Her character was dead, but Chanel's character offended all of America because she called Obama a total div, which is like a dumbass. And Chanel had to go on an apology tour. And in the show, Chanel was like, what I have to do is go on an apology tour. You know, like celebrities do after they say something super offensive, they go on every single news station and pretend to apologize, even though they don't mean it at all. And it's so fucking hilarious because exactly simultaneously, one of her co-stars in that show was doing what she was talking about. And it it worked. She completely did not mean it and also plugged her perfume at the end of each of those interviews. So she really finessed everyone and it came at a great time. But I do like how she admitted she was wrong and learned from her mistakes. As her previous song said, I can only be in love with who I'm becoming. She went on the show and said, I'm not here to make any excuses or justify my behavior because I can't. I'm just here to apologize. I'm extremely proud to be an American. What I said in a private moment was taken out of context, and I'm sorry for not using more discretion with the choice of my words. What I said in a private moment with my friend who was buying the donuts was taken out of context. As an advocate for healthy eating, food is very important to me, and I sometimes get upset by how freely we as Americans eat and consume things without giving any thought to the consequences that it has on our health and society as a whole. The fact that the United States has the highest childhood obesity rates in the world frustrates me. We need to do more to educate ourselves and our children about the dangers of overeating and the poison that we put into our bodies. We need to demand more from our food industry. However, I should have known better in how I expressed myself. And with new responsibility to others in the public, I will strive to be better. That's an extremely sincere and thorough apology. We'll also still not completely... Backing down, 
Um, obviously, I don't agree with what she said. And licking that donut was gross. Admittedly, she should not have done that. The donut shop actually had to lower their sanitization rating from an A to a B because of Ariana Grande. I tried to go to the donut shop. It is now closed down. I mean, that's like a national monument to me. I don't know why they would do that. But it, it was definitely gross. I can say she was in the wrong there. But I do applaud her for how she handled that at such a young age. And looking back, it's just so hilarious. I do agree with the sentiment, though. The food industry is evil. Uh, it preys upon young people and Americans, poor people, um, people with less education on how food can destroy your body from the inside out. So I completely agree with the sentiment. I do not agree with the body shaming, though. It's the food industry's fault for sure. But I love how she can learn from her mistakes. And let's just be real. All of us make funny kind of like harsh shocking comments with our friends because we we get off on the gag of it because it's shocking and funny to not say wow that food is very unhealthy and america has the highest childhood obesity rates no one says that casually with their friends we say ew that i i hate americans for eating that that's gross now in 2015 the home record rumors continued book count number two the second book she is mentioned in she's a new york times best-selling author at this point Naya Rivera, the icon legend. I have not enough good things to say about Naya. R.I.P. I'm so devastated every single day when I wake up and remember that Naya Rivera has passed. She was too good for this earth and I love her. She was dating Big Sean at the time. Ariana's collaborator that she was currently working on the song Big Mis Best Mistake with. Maybe they were a mistake together. But Naya said in her book one day when her and Big Sean's relationship was crumbling they were fighting all the time they were fighting so often they would break up then get back together then break up and then get back together that one day when they were fighting for five days straight and didn't talk she caught ariana grande with big sean on a couch not canoodling not banging not bumping uglies just on the couch in her book she said once we'd been fighting for five days straight while he was traveling. And then on the one day that he was back in LA, he said he didn't want to see me. I was like, well, asshole, I've got a key to your house. So I'm going to come and see you. That is so Naya Rivera to say. Uh, and I can hear her voice exactly how she would say it. I love her. She says, I walk in, go downstairs, and guess what? Little girl is sitting cross-legged on the couch listening to music. Come on, people. I'm not going to tell you, but you can guess. It's not that hard. It rhymes with Shmariana Shmande, if you were really having a hard time. Now, I love the absolute uh, loophole she found there for the lawyers in that book. She can sh show that to the judge and say, who, who is Shmariana Shmande? I, I didn't defame her. That sounds like a Sesame Street character, if you ask me. This is also as challenging of a, as a guess who as the Gucci ad. Who is that girl in that photo? Is it Ariana or is it Shmariana Shmande? So a few years later, Naya Revere came out and kind of backtracked on them a bit on the, the rumors. She, she was definitely still insinuating that Ariana Grande was a homewrecker, this being her second tally in the homewrecking rumors. Naya said, I never said they were cuddling. I never said he cheated. I just said they were sitting on a couch. Sean, at the time, denied the cheating allegations and denied everything that Naya Revere said. And he said that he called off the engagement before him and Ariana Grande were dating 
because Naya Rivera was jealous and controlling and threatened the rapper with comments such as, if you don't listen to what I say, I'll ruin your career. Now, the timeline here, of course, Ariana Grande is going to be listening to music, sitting cross-legged, legs closed, <laughs> sorry, but like leg closed on a couch because they released a, their collab together in August. Of course, they're going to have to be in the same room together in April if they want to make this collab. They were found sitting on the couch together in April. Naya and Big Sean broke up in April. They didn't start dating until August. So there was at least those four months there. We're not sure what happened. We're not saying Naya caused anything or Ariana caused anything. We're just saying Big Sean is a hoe. That's the conclusion that I'm coming to here. Naya in the end blamed Big Sean and said he was um, done with her at the time and she knew it and she accused Sean of going with Ariana Grande because he is a user and he used Naya. And then when he feel like felt like he couldn't use Naya anymore, he knew Ariana was blowing up and he went to the Grammys with Ariana Grande the first year she was nominated and took every single photo with her. And Naya said in her book, like every time Ariana Grande looks back at those photos, sorry, every time Mariana Schmande looks back at those photos, she's going to have to remember that Big Sean was there that night making everything about him. With all the rumors that were cast upon her in 2015, she came out with the song Focus, fo fo Focus on Me, with Jamie Foxx doing the chorus, which is like the main thing I know him from, <laughs> um, with the lyrics being a clap back, but also a plea to, to uh, get out of the darkness and join her in the light and stop hating on each other. Have you ever seen Ariana Grande publicly bash or hate on someone? Besides Pete Davidson? No. She says in the lyrics, I can tell you're curious. It's written on your lips. Ain't no need to hold it back. Go ahead and talk your shit. I know you're hoping that I'll react. I know you're hoping I'm looking back. But if my real isn't real enough, I don't know what is. Let's find a light inside our universe now where ain't nobody keeps on holding us down. Just come and get it. Let them say what they say because I'm going to push them all away. She doesn't respond with hate. She responds with the sentiment that she knows who she is. And no matter what she does, people will will blur timelines and misconstrue her nature to look bad, yet she's always looking for the light in the Moving on to 2016, the Dangerous Woman era. And unfortunately, when you think of 2016, the first scandal you probably think of Ariana is the black fishing race bending scandals that she was going through. The first thing that comes to mind is definitely going to be the AMA's 2016 photo where she's wearing the lingerie, um, like little bralette and the white long pants. And she seems to be more spray tanned than ever. Her complexion darker than ever. And people were accusing her of blackfishing, basically appropriating the attributes of a black person to try to capitalize off of the aesthetic and the, the beauty and all of that. Now, I will say that is unequivocally bad. 
She definitely tanned too much. I'm not here to defend her in all of those natures. Um, of course, I don't appreciate race bending. It is very wrong to do to try to get all the good parts about being a different race without carrying the weight of what said race has to go through. Ariana Grande, I will say, misstepped there. And it was not a good look. I know everyone likes being tan, but it was not a good look. So Ariana Grande at the time, she did not make any comments about it. She performed at the VMAs after the AMAs and she was standing next to Nicki Minaj and she looked a little darker than Nicki Minaj, which should definitely sound an alarm. That is definitely a problem there. I will say people spread edited photos as the main evidence of her wrongdoing here. There's the photo of her as Kat is victorious next to the one of her at the AMAs, but it's complete, completely edited, tuned down to make her look darker than ever, as if people like wanted to promote this way of being and this problematic behavior. I never got the thought process behind making it look worse than it was to that insane degree, because you're actually just promoting this to everyone. Where If you see real photos of her next to other people, she looks less intensely dark as the internet was trying to make her look more matchable to people who were also white in the crowd. And I will say her makeup artist defended her at the time saying it seemed as though the shade of makeup she was wearing was appropriate for her. But I will not defend her any more than that. I think she definitely misstepped in that area. Pete Davidson later would make a joke about it on one of his stand-up specials saying... My career would be over tomorrow if I spray painted myself brown like Ariana and hopped on the cover of Vogue magazine and just started shitting on my ex. And now I hate Pete Davidson. <laughs> he may have a point there. Pete Davidson would definitely not get any sympathy because he always looks pale and emaciated. So it would look absolutely crazy if Pete Davidson did that. I think Ariana was using the hunch of being Italian. So in her mind, she was like, oh, I can be tan. Sure, I can be that. And sure, Italians do have that skin that can get dark and then very pale. And she's been on both ends of that spectrum. Again, not my place to defend. She was definitely wrong in that situation. She fully stopped what people would consider blackfishing in 2019 and has not done it ever again. She should have apologized for it, however, but she did not. She has been praised for championing black women. She was praised for letting the black woman play the role of Jesus in the God is a woman performance, um, letting her take center stage and shine her lights on the crowd. And I think that was a good move for her. But besides that, I wish we got a more direct apology, but I do like how she learned from her missteps. I'm not saying there was insane malicious intent. However, she switched up that behavior very quickly and to this day has not gone back to do it. In 2016, also, she started dating Mac Miller. As we know, there was a girlfriend that Mac was dating before. So will this continue the homewrecking rumors? I think not. It is the general consensus that his relationship ended in late 2015, maybe lingered into 2016. But Ariana Grande and Mac Miller did not start seriously dating until about August 2016. So in terms of homewrecking, I do not think she homewrecked Mac Miller in 
All 2016 was not the worst year for her. She put out her song, Be All Right. At that time, that was her clap back to any of the negativity and her way of continuing her narrative and her thesis statement of spreading light in dark situations. The lyrics go, baby, don't you know all them tears going to come and go? Baby, you just got to make up your mind that every little thing is going to be all right. Baby, don't you know all them tears going to come and go? You just got to make up your mind. We decided we're going to be all right. And she did decide to make changes to the scandal that was going on that year. And we have to commend her for that. Let's move on to 2017, the absolute most tragic, devastating event that has ever happened to her, the Manchester Arena concert bombing, where 22 of her fans were killed in a terrorist attack that took place after her Dangerous Woman tour. I went to the Dangerous Woman tour, and I couldn't imagine people I know in my hometown dying then. And my heart is with the city of Manchester and everyone involved. And I do think this to this day has probably had irreversible effects on Ariana Grande's mental health. I'm sure she deals with a lot of feeling not safe, feeling paranoid, scared that something like that could happen again out of control. And she's even posted brain scans of her PTSD uh, kind of like brainwaves on her brain scans, there's this doctor in Beverly Hills that will give you a nice imaging of your brain and tell you what parts of your brain are more active than others. And the part that is responsible for post-traumatic stress disorder is very, very active in Ariana Grande. And I think people maybe don't, to this day, give her enough credit for how she responded to that and how that must still be affecting her. I never thought she was going to sing again. I wouldn't have blamed her for never singing again. Selfishly, I was like, damn, this is the most horrible incident ever. But now my favorite singer is never going to perform again because the terrorists, what they do is trying to scare you out of living your life, being happy, going outside and just enjoying life. So I was understandable that maybe she would never want to perform again, but very sad at the same time. Arna Grande even said on Good Morning America that she never thought she was going to perform again. And for months and months, she was devastated and crying and did not know how to react. But in her crusade to fill the world with light and healing energy and love, she, only two weeks after this tragic incident happened, came out with the One Love Manchester Benefit concert, where she raised millions and millions of dollars, used her power, used her influence that was the reason for the bombing in the first place. They knew a lot of young children would be at the Ariana Grande concert. She decided to do what no one thought she would do and bring thousands of people together in the same concert venue. Again, not the same exact one that she was at, but in the same kind of space. Again, gather for a concert and 
televise it to raise money along with fellow pop stars like Katy Perry, Niall Horan, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus. We love all of them for being there for her. And she came out with her comeback single, No Tears Left to Cry. Everyone was expecting this to be a ballad, a piano, devastatingly tragic, haunted ballad. And we know she can slay that. But when it started with the synthy, more darker tones and the operatic voices and then turned into a dance song, everyone was taken aback. And I think the whole world understood, wow, she's really that bitch. Because not only did she not want to make it all about her, she didn't want to wallow in the public like that. She didn't want to take her well-deserved time to be depressed or cope via her music. She didn't accept pity from the world. Instead, she offered support to everyone and tried to heal the world of the fear that we have of constant events like this happening. She said, the terrorists will win if we want to stay inside, if we don't want to keep on making music and keep on singing. And she had to talk herself out of the mindset of wanting to just stay inside and be sad forever. The lyrics of No Tears Left to Cry say... Right now I'm in a state of mind. I want to be in like all the time. I have no tears left to cry. So I'm picking it up, picking it up, loving and living and I'm turning it up. I just want you to come with me. We're on another mentality. We're picking it up, picking it up. We're loving, we're living, we're turning it up. And I know it sounds so simple, juvenile and stupid, those lyrics, but it takes such a strong person to just go through an event where you maybe feel responsible or at least partly guilty in a way that is totally not your fault, but simply that this happened with a concert at your name on it, where people came to see you, that they died. It takes such a strong person to sing the lyrics. I'm picking it up. I'm being uh, tenacious. I am being persistent and determined in my pursuit of happiness. And I'm actually going to try to move on from this and help everyone else cope and move on to what a strong leader she is. That single blew me away with how strong it was. Truly, I could not believe that was her response. And I don't think we applaud her enough for it. She also came out with the song Get Well Soon, where she sings, here's one thing you could trust. It takes you and me to make us. One of those days you had enough, I'll be there. Because if it ain't one thing, it's another. When you need someone to pull you out the bubble, I'll be right there just to hug you. I'll be there. Where are you? Are you home? Call me right on the phone. Yeah, I'll be there. I don't care who is gone. You shouldn't be alone. I'll be there. She wanted Sweetener to be wrapping a a metaphorical hug around all of her fans that listen and let them all know that it is going to be okay. Expressing her radical empathy and her desire to heal the whole world. Let's move on to 2018. This is a continuation of a really series of unfortunate events for her. This was truly a crucible in her life, those three years. This year started with Ariana Grande leaving Mac Miller because he was descending down a path of drug addiction, of 
worse than ever before. And he got into a car crash while on drugs. People blamed her for his car crash and said, if anything happens to him, it's going to be your fault. That is the most heinous of accusations to throw someone away and so much pressure to put on someone in saying that that was even thought that that could be Ariana Grande's fault. This man who has been suffering with addiction his whole life. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. We all miss you and love you. But he's been suffering through this his whole life. And you're going to put that guilt and that negativity onto her. She actually responded. And you know, I love her responses. So she said, how absurd that you minimize female self-respect and self-worth by saying someone should stay in a toxic relationship because he wrote an album about them, which by the way, isn't a case. I am not a babysitter or a mother and no woman should feel that they need to be. I have cared for him and tried to support his sobriety and prayed for his balance for years. But shaming slash blaming women for a man's inability to keep his shit together is a very major problem. Let's please stop doing that. Of course, I didn't share about how hard or scary it was while this was happening. I will continue to pray from the bottom of my heart that he figures it all out and that any other woman in this position does as well. Beautiful response. Beautiful response, to, again, where she doesn't make it all about herself. She never lets someone critique her where the critique doesn't fit, where the shoe does not fit. And yet she doesn't respond in a harsh or hateful way. She just responds with, let me redirect your anger to what you should really be saying or really be talking about where it's the man's inability to keep his shit together. And women, if you're listening, let me uplift you and say this is never your fault. She quickly went on to Pete Davidson after that. That caused people to tweet, oh my God, Ariana cheated on Mac. Where she directly said, back to people on Twitter, this was her Twitter era. She said, I didn't cheat on Mac, but go off. She said, can you go like stand somebody else? You're boring. Damn. She told one of her fans to stop standing her. But if you're going to say your fave cheated on someone, why are you standing them? I think that still rings true today. Why are you standing them? Now, the homewrecking rumors continue here, and we're on book count number three. Pete Davidson had the ex, Cassie David. Cassie insinuated that Ariana Grande stole Pete from him, and that she found out via Twitter that her boyfriend left him for Ariana Grande. While she was on the plane and crying with her famous dad, with her nepotism private jet, she was crying that she lost her man to Ariana Grande. Maybe they can make a support group about it. Only later on to say in her book, her book was titled No One Asked for This, and I'm not saying it's true, but the shoe does fit, where she said she dumped Pete before he got with Ariana Grande. She said, I literally broke up with him a few days before, but she didn't expect him to move on so fast because Pete was so in love with her just a few days before and was begging to keep her. Maybe Pete just took the breakup very seriously and Ariana Grande had expressed a little bit of interest. Maybe she didn't know if he was taken, asked around the SNL set, is Pete taken? And he knew about that in the past, so he went with Ariana Grande. We know he's not afraid to shoot his shot with his BDE. In response to all of the crazy accusations and hate she was getting in 2018, her very literal song about the light and the love that she came out with was called The Light Is Coming. The song goes... What did she say? What did he say? You don't listen because you know everything. You don't even need dreams. 
telling everybody, stay woke, don't sleep. Ugh, gonna break that shit down. You don't wait, tell them, wait another round. Guess you're way above it now. And that's your way to love it now. How can they tell you shit that you've been through? They're all so confused. Who cares about the rational? If it ain't your view, baby. That's the bottom line. Now that song is very confusing to listen to and definitely not her biggest hit. But what she's saying there is people are going to think what they want to think about you. You won't do anything wrong and people will still find a reason to talk about you. They aren't interested in reality. They're just interested in their narrative. So don't worry. These people who are know-it-alls, they know everything. These fake woke people who are telling everyone, stay woke, don't sleep. They're the ones in a deep sleep and hibernation and need to wake up, join the celebration, join the joyous movement that is Ariana Grande and realize she did not do anything wrong in these situations. And she just said, you know what? The light is coming to get back everything. The darkness stole and you can get on the light arc or you can be left behind. Okay, everyone, let's move on to 2019. Maybe where she hit her peak of her career in music terms. She occupied the top three spots on Billboard at the same time with her album, Thank You Next, maybe seen as her magnum opus. I think the heart of Thank You Next is the song Ghostin. Because in 2019, another insane obstacle and soul-crushing event happened in her life that definitely has ramifications on her mental health to this day is when Mac Miller died. She left Pete Davidson right after Mac Miller died because she realized Mac Miller was the love of her life and she was only engaged to Pete as a distraction from what Mac was going through. And this song Ghostin was a reflection of what she just went through. Now, I can imagine the pain of losing the man you thought you were going to marry. Maybe you thought was going to beat his addiction and propose to you and be your husband someday. Dying. That is such a tremendous loss. And my heart goes out to her. You would think someone who just went through that would make a song about how woe is them and life is so unfair. It's just one thing after another. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Life was really not letting up on her. It was pummeling her. And this was the first moment in life where the crazy narratives strung about her online were not her biggest concern. It was everything just the natural disasters of life were throwing her way. She wrote the song Ghostin, which was which had surprisingly positive lyrics. It was almost like an affirmation to herself that it was going to be okay. If I had to look into the psyche of Ariana Grande, I would say she makes all these songs about positivity and light because she is very anxious and maybe deals with depression and she needs to say these songs to herself to make herself feel better. She's all about manifesting. She knows how to attract things to her. Like in her song, Just Like Magic, she gets everything she wants because she attracts it. Good karma is her aesthetic. She knows she has to put good energy out in the world to get it back. So even in the face of the utmost devastation, she puts out the song Ghostin, where she sings words like um, thanking Pete. She's thanking Pete in the song. You've been so understanding. You've been so good. I'm putting you through more than I ever should. And I'm hating myself because you don't want to admit that it hurts you. I know that it breaks your heart when I cry again over him. 
she's saying, I know Pete can tell that I loved Mac more than him, even though I was only engaged to Pete. And that probably hurts Pete a lot that she realized she doesn't want to be engaged to him anymore because the love of her life died. She goes, but thank you for helping me through this, Pete. I love you. I appreciate you. And then the chorus was, we'll get through this. We'll get past this. I'm a girl with a whole lot of baggage. Even after all that we've been through, there's so much to look forward to. We'll get through this. We'll get past this. I really don't know where she finds it within her soul to come out with uplifting lyrics about that. We'll get through this. We'll get past this. There's so much to look forward to after you just went through the worst year I think anyone has ever had in their whole life. It just goes to show her commitment to the bit of healing and bringing positive energy to herself and to the whole world. And I think this was just a desperate attempt to brainwash herself. I don't think she thought it would be okay, but I think she was like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I definitely like saying affirmations to myself too, along those lines. Like our brains are just wired to be so anxious and down on ourselves. So I definitely have to force in some necessary positive thoughts. And I think so. And I think that's what that was. In addition to the Thank You Next album, the title track was called Thank You Next. And when you think about a breakup song about your ex, you think of something negative. You think of maybe something um, A, B, C, D, E, F, you and your mom and your sister and your dog. <laughs> or maybe something along the lines of Taylor Swift where she writes something so incriminating about her exes that they can never leave their house ever again and they're ashamed to go in public. That's not what Ariana's vibe is. She's actually thanking all of the exes. Um, she tweeted something before the song came out because people knew she was about to name drop her exes. She said, no hard feelings, no ill will, just thankfulness and gratitude towards each of them. And then the lyrics go, thought I'd end up with Sean, but he wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and laugh. Even almost got married. And for Pete, I'm so thankful. Wish I could say thank you to Malcolm because he was an angel. And then she says everything that they taught her. One taught me love. One taught me patience. One taught me pain. Now I'm so amazing. I've loved and I've lost, but that's not what I see. Because look what I got. Look what you taught me. And for that, I say thank you next. That is quintessential Ariana Grande. And I'm so happy that was her first number one hit because I do think that just encapsulate who she is as a person. Yeah, she was giving Pete some licks on Twitter, but that's because he was going on SNL and saying things about her. So I think Twitter compared to SNL, she was right to do that. And she still found it in her heart to only bring them up in a light and nice way because other pop stars would definitely not do that. So I think she's just a class act. And since the public was already so invested in her life, why not give them that moment? Let's move on to 2020. 2020, I feel like, was a sweet period where people agreed that she has suffered enough and they left her alone for a moment. 
it was kind of like that sweet period after war where everyone agrees not to repeat the recent tragedies of what just happened and not to repeat what they just put someone through. However, she did start to gain weight at this time and people were fat shaming her at the Grammys. People said she looked fatter than she normally did. Interesting because people were just shaming her for looking too thin. They want her to be the perfect weight and they don't want her to fluctuate from that at all. They don't want her to eat more, move more or less. They basically just want her to live in a chamber like Brian Johnson and take 200 pills a day and not live a normal life at all. Simply to please them with her perfect number on that scale. Ariana retrospectively commented on her 2020 weight and said, That was the darkest moment of my whole life. I was on a lot of antidepressants and drinking on them and eating poorly. She said she was very much so a wino, not an alcoholic, but a wino. She said she couldn't record Ghost In without getting almost blackout drunk when she was singing it because it was so hard for her to sing. She's never performed it, but she said she was drinking so much at that time. And I know you, I know you considered that to be my most healthy, but it was in fact my least healthy. She said, I know I shouldn't have to explain that, but I do feel like maybe having an openness or some sort of vulnerability, something good might come from this. Completely agreed. And I think hopefully something good did come from it. We'll get more into the body shaming comments in the 2023 section, but let's move on to 2021. The major scandal this year was the Asian fishing scandal. We are on a new race spending moment. People say she was Asian fishing on The Voice. She was definitely sporting a new makeup look. She was doing the blush and the eyeliner and wearing bows on her neck and her head and her hair was slicked back and very dark. At this time, it was definitely giving maybe beauty trends in Asian culture. And again, I'm not one to comment on this. She did get that tattoo as well. <laughs> That's a Japanese barbecue grill. It was written in Japanese and she thought it said seven rings, but it instead said Japanese barbecue grill. Maybe one of the biggest tattoo botches of all time, but still so iconic. And I hope she kept it to this day. I know she's been removing some, but girl, why would you remove that? That is legendary. About the Asian fishing moment, she, again, did not apologize for this. But I will say, again, she learned from her behavior. She did not go back to that aesthetic or that look, stop doing her makeup that way. And again, retrospectively, in 2023, she kind of gave a little hint at it. She said... I think you're beautiful no matter what you're going through, no matter how you do your makeup these days, how you look these days, what cosmetic procedures you've recently had or have not had. I just think you're beautiful and wanted to share some feelings. I think her mentioning how someone does their makeup these days, she was kind of being like, you guys, like trends come and go. I was just doing my makeup in a specific way that year. But I will say she learned from her behavior and now she's blonde and does her makeup in a completely different way. And undid a lot of her filler and uh, lip filler and Botox and things of the sort. So she looks very different from that and she has not gone back to it again. I think one of her love and light songs from that year was her song shut up, which I love. It's one of my favorite songs. And she's like, damn, people are just going to hate me for anything. So I'm actually just going to make a song called shut up. And it's not, it, it is politely telling her haters to shut up, which can be seen as harsh and like a mean clapback. But the lyrics are more so like, here's what you should do with your time instead of commenting on me. The lyrics go, how you be spending your time, how you be using your time, 
You be so worried about mine. You can't even get yourself none. You know you sound so dumb. You know you sound so dumb. So maybe you should shut up. Because she vibrates high and her circle is lit. They're not really with drugs and shit. She loves the game, so she never misses. And she keeps your opinions muted for the hell of it. iconic and we'll get into the opinions muted thing in a second but again that is her love and light anthem of 2021 2022 we're almost at present day here the biggest scandal i would say in 2022 was the jeanette and ariana come around we're on book count number four book count number four she's just everyone's muse she's she's a muse but she's not amused period so Jeanette was reflecting on her hatred for Ariana Grande and she actually realized Ariana didn't do anything wrong. Jeanette was a very determined hater of her back in the day. So everyone thought, wow, something really horrible must have happened. She really must have done something terrible to Jeanette on that set of Sam and Cat. <laughs> when she, when that camera guy said cut on the Nickelodeon soundstage and Ariana Grande ripped off that red wig, she turned into a demon. <laughs> she went from Cat Valentine to Ariana motherfucking Grande and it was up for Jeanette. Jeanette reflected in her book called I'm Glad My Mom Died, which I'm sure Gypsy Rose Blanchard would love. <laughs> and she said... I didn't like Ariana. I couldn't like Ariana. But not because she was a bad person, because she did this. Ariana was at the stage in her career where she's popping up on every 30 under 30 list that exists. And I'm at the stage in my career where my team is excited that I'm the new face of Rebecca Bonbon, a tween clothing line featuring a cat with her tongue sticking out, sold exclusively at Walmart. And I frequently made the mistake of comparing my career to Ariana's. I can't help it. I'm constantly in the same environment as her, and she doesn't exactly try to hide her successes. I'm pissed about it. And I'm pissed at her. I'm jealous of her. Yes, Jeanette. Yes. Thank you. This is someone who has worked on their healing, come through the other side and has seen the light and been like, damn, I was projecting onto her. And I don't blame Jeanette for that at all. Like, I genuinely, like, of course, looking back at the Gloriana thing, that made me mad. I hated that. But looking back, of course, you're going to compare yourself to someone who you're in a show called Sam and Cat. Like, they are the two names on the marquee. You know how the industry works. People are, you know, from here on out, people are going to compare it to her. So that got to her. And I wouldn't blame her at all. They were a similar age from, you know, they were on the same launching pad. So it's hard not to internalize how why Ariana is taking off so much and Jeanette is not. But, I mean, obviously from our point of view, Ariana's just taking off because she was definitely, you know, pre predestined for pop star life. And Jeanette is an amazing actress and an amazing storyteller. They had just had different paths. And I think Jeanette was mad that Ariana Grande had the best stage mom, the best people behind her, best contracts. Uh, she had the utmost support and flexibility with pursuing her career, and Jeanette did not. 
And I actually, I, I, I fully forgive Jeanette for coming around. I no longer hold the Gloriana segment behind uh, against her. I put that behind us. And I love you, Jeanette. Um, maybe when your dad dies, you can put out a sequel called I'm Glad My Dad Died because I love that book. <laughs> so that's an RN apologer who I actually love. Now let's get on to 2023. We're going to wrap this shit up. The the most recent year that we have the TFR in Grande, and we know what the two scandals were. She was going through it. She's she's that bitch. She didn't even put out any music or anything, but she's causing all of this conversation. This was when she was really getting it so hard that she had to put out a multiple public statements just by existing. I was doing research for this video last night, and I was actually starting to have like anxiety, and I could see... There's just so many think pieces about this young woman online, Ariana, that it would give me a panic attack. I was like, wow, there's so much content about her. If I was her, I would just explode. I don't know how she keeps their positive vibes. I really don't. In 2023, her body was questioned, saying she was too thin. She looks like she doesn't eat, promoting, um, you know, ED behavior, the heroin thin chic look. That's what everyone is saying. And they, they think this is some, like, attribute of her attention-seeking behavior. But in my eyes, being an Ariana Grande fan, she's always been extremely thin in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, she gained a bit of weight in 2018, 1920. She admitted because she was drinking and on antidepressants. And then she went back to her standard way. She's a vegan. She's super passionate about her eating. And we don't know the full story of any conditions that she has. Some people have faster metabolisms or thyroid issues where they cannot physically hold a lot of weight on their body we just don't know what's going on and if it's working for her it's not to that point where it's ridiculous so she had to come out and say on tiktok because that's the new good morning america here going on tiktok she says i think we should be gentler and less comfortable commenting on people's bodies no matter what if you think you're saying something good and well-intentioned whatever it is healthy unhealthy big small this that sexy not sexy we should really work towards not doing that as much I think you're beautiful no matter what you're going through. As the quote I said before, and she said, beauty for me used to be about hiding, but now it's not. Beauty for her is just being her. That's why she's sporting the less makeup look, the less filled and plumped and lip filler, Kardashian-esque look. And I don't like when people accuse her of being like a body trend chaser. I, I will fault her for the race bending thing trends that she seems to go through, but I won't fault her for the body things because she's not like a Kardashian who's getting the BBL and then undoing the BBL and then losing 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into a Marilyn Monroe dress and following the thin aesthetic that's back in. She's kind of just always had her tiny body and gained a little bit of weight once, but it's not like it was weight in a certain area. She just generally gained a little bit of weight once. So the discourse about her body infuriates me. I feel bad that she even had to put out that statement and everyone agreed at that time. Everyone did love her until maybe the worst scandal of her whole life came in 2023 where the home wrecking rumors started. Well, on the set of her new musical, she apparently allegedly fell in love with a married man while she was a married woman. That married man being Ethan Slater, who played SpongeBob. 
in a Broadway play, which I mean, a lot of girls are attracted to SpongeBob. I spice love SpongeBob. Like SpongeBob was a a player. He he lived in the Bikini Bottom. Y'all hoes can't even get in a Bikini Bottom if you tried. So SpongeBob is an icon. They think Ariana Grande stole him away, whisked him away, poached him like the evil, overarching, uh, apex home wrecking predator that she is. Now, the whole world seems to be against her. It, this is the most unanimous hate she's got where people actually said this is 100% deserved. She's broken the social con- the social construct. Why can't I say that? She broke the social contract that we have laid out for ourselves where there are just things people shouldn't do to other people like stealing someone's husband away when they just had a baby. But if I must remind you of the receipts, proof, and timeline and everything in this saga, Ethan Slater, the man who she is now dating, was with Lily J until 2022 in November. Ariana got with him in July, 2023. They had their baby in August, 2022, and they were both reportedly divorced at the beginning of 2023. It seems as though they were both single when Ariana Grande got with him, but I do understand what what people are saying. I, I, I won't completely vindicate her here. There is some merit to what people are saying. There's definitely a gray area where it seems like if you've been with someone for so long and you have a baby, even if by your account the marriage is over maybe you should just have some more tact and realize maybe there's some more to work out there and you should let them deal with that and you know be his friend be cordial with him on the set but do not pursue him at this time I will agree Ariana cannot be alone she she really struggles with independence she's very dependent on other men I think she's incapable of being alone And I think sometimes she will make herself look bad and go to very extreme circumstances to avoid being alone, including dating newly single men a lot. The way she got Ethan so quickly was gratuitous and unnecessary, but I don't think there was some crazy ill intent there. She was really planning to break up the home and look that baby in the eye and say, sorry, babe, you're going to have to spend your first Christmas at two different houses. But I will say there is some merit to the poor taste that people are saying. Now, I'm not here to get into the psychology of someone who can't be alone or the psychology of of a mistress, but I will say we should be blaming the man 10 times more. Page Six was the outlet who first reported on these rumors saying that Lily J was so blindsided and completely devastated. And this is the first time she's hearing about this through these news articles that her husband left her and her family was collateral damage to Ariana not being a girl's girl. And not being a girl's girl said from one basic bitch to another is like the deepest insult you can give someone. Not being a girl's girl, she may have punched her in the face by saying that. Now in 2024, this week, Page Six added an amendment to that first article that made everyone hate Ariana Grande and said that basically, even though Page Six put out all of these rumors about her, there was never enough to substantiate the claims. We don't know the true timeline and we cannot with complete confidence say Ariana Grande 
actually is the reason that their family is separated. And then Lily J came out via TMZ and said, I don't even know where those sources of what I said came from. She did not understand what being on the record meant and that her and Ethan had a discussion about Ariana Grande before it was released to the press. So while I do think there was a gray area where there was a lot of poor taste and Ariana Grande struggles with being alone and makes bad mistakes to avoid being alone, and she could definitely work on that with her therapist. She she may be insecure. She may want to see her worth in um, being with a man who was just with someone else, or maybe she finds comfort in being with someone in the same situation as her who just got out of a relationship and can like trauma bond over that. I'm not here to get into the psychology of the whole thing. I'm not here to completely fault her. Everyone hates Ariana Grande right now. And I just want to be the one person who doesn't hate her. Imagine how hard it would be to walk into a room and everyone goes quiet because everyone thinks you're a homewrecker and just whispers about you and hates you. I want to be the one person who genuinely is on her side and doesn't believe there was ill intent, doesn't think she's a bad person, thinks things were sensationalized and taken out of context, and just give her the benefit of the doubt because no one else is. I'm going to be that one person. I'm not going to completely say she's innocent, but I will say I'm completely on her side. Also, Dalton Gomez, the man she married, did not have a girlfriend right before her. She didn't get off on taking the man she married away from someone else before her. So I think that does kind of negate people's idea about the complex that she has in her said that she needs an unavailable man. She needs to take someone away from someone because there was multiple incidences, just like there was multiple incidences where someone did have a girlfriend. There's multiple where people did not. I just want to say that. Now to wrap this episode up, I want to talk about yes and. Yes, and is the most genius song and genius music video in the world. And I do think I'm kind of happy the scandal happened because it did make her slay harder. I think she worked really hard in the studio. This is the first time she was the solo writer, uh, enlisted the two best producers and produced on it herself, and then gave us so much choreography in the video while paying homage to Michael Jackson and Paula Abdul. This scandal made her level her pussy up and really, the pressure on her just made her slay so hard. So I'm actually kind of happy it happened. The music video is beyond genius. It starts as critics enter, as a previous group of Ariana critics leave, seemingly euphoric and converted into fans. She's covering her eyes in the beginning, which symbolizes the see no evil symbol. As she said in previous songs, she keeps the negative comments people say about her muted. She does not see what her critics are saying about her. And she's not looking at the nasty things they've ever said. She's discerning with her time, as she says in the song. But she's also, by covering her eyes, not letting them see the real her or let them in until the door is closed. And then she lets them see the real her for the first time and they turn into fans. The music starts and the statues represent her past crumbling. 
representing her desire for her revilers to forget what they think they know about her. Later in the music video, she puts a red heat lamp on them, saying that she's putting the heat on the critics. For the first time, the camera is for the first time the tables are turned and she's putting them in the hot seat to see how they like it. And they're starting to sweat, not like it, get uncomfortable. So she approaches them with a tuning fork to fix their energy, align their energy and fix their chakras while saying everything she would hope all people who have a judgmental tongue would learn. She's not trying to placate them or win them back. She doesn't feel bad that they've hated on her. She feels bad that they're hating and she wants to help them. She said, my business is mine. Yours is yours. I'm discerning with my time. I'm discerning with my energy and you should be too. She's not clapping back. She's not getting angry. She's not telling them off. After they returned, after she pulls out her tuning fork, they are retuned and repaired and she invites them to dance with her, symbolizing her willingness to welcome back all Ariana haters, professional critics, and angry stands on Twitter alike. <laughs> and once they change their judgmental ways, they can dance with her because what? We're way too fly to partake in all this hate. We're vibing. We're vibing. After the critics are fully rectified and the statues are rectified as well, the critics leave being raving fans and a new cycle of hasty critics arrive because Ariana knows there will always be more fault finders waiting to critique you. Even though one day she would hope to end the cycle of hate and the cycle of negative energy and bring eternal sunshine, which is the name of her album coming out this year. And if you find yourself in a dark situation, just turn on your light and be like, yes, and... Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you again for Hulu for sponsoring this episode. And I think there's so much to learn from Ariana Grande just in her whole career. That was a very extensive review of just how she responds to all of her hate. And if you like more deep dive and um, inspirational content about your favorite pop stars, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or if you're on the video version, subscribe to my YouTube, like the video and comment, subscribe, share with your friends. It would mean so much if you're an Ariana fan out there. Let's redeem her name in the press because we know her truth. But I think the thesis statement of her career that we can learn from is that people are going to want to bring your energy down, but you're responsible for your own energy. There's always going to be someone waiting to try to lower your mental state and you have to protect it. It's easy to respond with negativity, but then you live in the darkness. You live in the black and white. So I'm and when you respond with negativity, that hateful energy only ricochets back to you. Responding to hate with more hate is actually only going to hurt yourself. And Ariana knows that. So no matter how cruel the world is to you, no matter what cards you're dealt or darkness you, or darkness you received from others, why respond with hate when you can live in eternal sunshine? The thesis statement of her career is that it's your own responsibility to keep your own light your happiness depends on you, and in a world that's trying to break your soul, it's yours and only your responsibility to protect it.